Hello, I'm Hannah and welcome to my podcast, Don't Tell Me to Relax, the antidote to unhelpful fertility information. I'm a fertility acupuncturist and educator and this podcast aims to empower and inform you about your menstrual cycle and your fertility. It's basically all that information you didn't get in sex education at school with the aim of helping you improve your reproductive health and increase your chances of conception. I am here today with my lovely, let's say partner in crime, Katie. Katie, do you want to say hello? Hello, I am Katie Ewan and I am a reflexologist and fertility awareness coach. And yeah, I'm very excited to be co-hosting Don't Tell Me To Relax. Is it called Don't Tell Me To Relax? It is called Don't Tell Me To Relax because, and the reason we chose this title is because so many people are told really unhelpful bits of information. And as we know, our clinics are full of people who are really pissed off with the unhelpful information and advice that they've been given. And overwhelmed and confused I think are another two words that I would use to describe the way that people are when they come to us in clinic and so really we met through the power of the internet and we met because we both did lots of educational reels and information about fertility awareness and menstrual cycles and it's a subject close to our hearts. Yeah, like, I mean, the power of Instagram reels, <laughs> they brought us together. So, you know, they're good for something. And the other thing they're good for is fertility education. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's been a really great tool for delivering this information because something that we're going to talk about time and time again is this information is quite difficult to find in a way and yeah. or difficult to find in a way that makes sense or is digestible we were we were literally just speaking about research papers before we got on this call and like unless you're trained to read them yeah. then how do you understand that information and yeah. we're both really passionate about giving you our dear listener um all the like delivering you the information in a way that you're going to understand that's easy to digest it's hopefully entertaining and not really dry or yeah. really unhelpful kind of confusing information like we're going to really boil it down and give you what you need yes and this really is for anybody who is trying to conceive or maybe they're thinking about trying to conceive or maybe they want to know more information about their fertility they might be thinking about um IVF or IUI or some kind of assisted conception wherever you're at in your journey to get pregnant have a baby start a family then we hope this information is going to be helpful because we believe no matter what stage you're at that there's going to be something in this series that is going to support you and empower you while you're trying to get pregnant so this first series is all about your menstrual cycle, understanding your menstrual cycle and about fertility awareness, which, as we said, is a subject dear to our hearts that we talk a lot about. We love it. <laughs> so, Katie, what would you say? Let's talk about what is the problem. So what is the current state of fertility education? What was your education like when you were at school? 
around well, sex, guess. not just general education, yeah. sex education. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, general education, well, um, but I mean, well, I mean, sex education. So it's interesting that you like the way you phrase that question actually is like fertility education. Be like, well, it, it was not fertility education, really. It was like how to not get pregnant education. Yeah. And um, and even that was um, very limited from what I can remember. Like we had, all I remember was a teacher putting a condom onto, I don't know, a cucumber or a banana or something. <laughs> and she had to wear latex gloves because she, or no, she had to wear gloves because she was allergic to the latex and just the whole thing was a bit, like I don't know strange and then they showed us lots of other different contraception or like barrier methods of contraception yeah so like diaphragms and um I can't remember half of it now but anyway um and they were all sponges sponges (laughs) and um and like cervical caps and things and um but they were all hole punched so no one could steal them and I was like this feels very counterintuitive like why aren't you like handing out contraception rather than being like this is what you could have but we're not going to give it to you I don't know very strange and then I don't remember having any sort of education about the menstrual cycle I vaguely remember being in a particular classroom but I mean it's very vague but I I guess it was my mum that told me more than anything and she was really great with stuff in that like she never like hid the fact she had periods like yeah. there were like always tampons just around and like the tampax box on the side kind of thing in the bathroom yeah and um like she bought a couple of books about it so I kind of like understood like the basics of what was going on but all I really knew was you had a period and that was one thing and then don't have sex because you'll get pregnant and that yeah. was another thing yeah um but then yes. I mean how how they rela- how the two relate yeah something that I didn't I didn't know about till I was in my 30s to be honest really yeah I I thought they were I sort of thought it was that I I don't really to be honest I don't really think I thought about it very much (laughs) what was your like education around it in terms of schooling or I mean I went to a catholic school so that was like a whole other layer of complexity around contraception Mm. and around sex education we definitely Mm -hmm. had no sex education because Mm -hmm. obviously you weren't supposed to be having sex outside of marriage, which, mm. you know, in the 1980s, early 90s, I think it was, it must have been 90s, 80s, um, was, you know, not a realistic situation to be in for lots of us. Mm. And it was also the time of HIV AIDS crisis. Mm. And so lots of the videos, we, I, I really remember a comic relief video, which was all about protecting yourself against HIV. And the part where it showed you how to use a condom, they turned it off and they w- we weren't allowed to watch it no. in school. Yeah, yeah. Because it was That's obviously, outrageous. yeah, it was against, um, you know, the Catholic faith and we were a Catholic school. And so they had mm. to, you know, abide by those rules. So we really had very, very little. And, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what the overriding memory was that, if you have unprotected sex, you will get pregnant. So that mm-hmm. was like the bottom line. And I remember being absolutely terrified of getting pregnant. It mm. was kind of like the worst thing that could happen to you as a teenager. Yeah. And, you know, there was just this whole idea that contraception, well, I mean, this wasn't from school, but, you know, the general kind of wider society was, you know, contraception is the way that you don't have a baby. And, mm. and that was it. That was the bottom line. And so that's actually what I thought, that if you're on contraception, 
you don't have a baby mm. and if you're not on contraception you do have a baby and I know that's like a really simple way to think about it but I think that no but we're is... not really taught much past that no we're really in, not yeah. and so so I think what happens is what we see in in clinic is that mm. people when they want to try to get pregnant and they don't get pregnant so it you know there's 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 I guess there's a few groups of people aren't there there's people who start trying to conceive and they start they get pregnant immediately or let's say they get pregnant Mm -hmm. three to six months yeah and often those people in my experience they like to shout about it so they're like we just had to look at each other and (laughs) we got pregnant or you know he's got often it'll be a man will be like I've got super swimmers you know there's a lot of there's a lot of bravado and chat that goes on to those people who you know and and, you know good on them bless them good luck to them you know Mm -hmm. what a fortunate place to be in that you want to get pregnant you do get pregnant everything goes okay Mm -hmm. and I think that group of society often don't necessarily understand that there is another group out there who come off contraception or they they're ready to conceive maybe they weren't on contraception and they start trying and it doesn't happen and then they're like well hang on a minute this isn't this isn't what they said was going to happen to me when I was at school and they start to become anxious and become fearful and wonder okay well is there a problem what is the problem how do I find out if there is a problem and where do I go yeah yeah like the where do I go part I think is the thing that we're really trying to plug the gap kind of thing yes yeah because there is there is this um real gap of information because you Mm. could go to you could go to your GP and your GP and you could say I'm struggling to get pregnant it's not happened and often they will send you away unless you've been trying for 12 months or Mm. you know often if you've got problems with your menstrual cycle they won't necessarily always give you the time to sit down and really explore that further I mean what are the statistics around endometriosis and the time it takes to get a diagnosis they're pretty horrific aren't they yeah like eight years isn't it yeah yeah exactly eight years yeah yeah it's just unacceptable it really is and I think that kind of feeds into people when they're struggling to conceive as well because I think often we've seen it in clinic a lot people are sort of told you know carry on trying come back if it's not worked you've you've not given it long enough so that's Mm. that's one approach and so you then think okay maybe I want to go to a fertility clinic where else can I go to get fertility information and the fertility clinic is there to deliver fertility treatment Mm -hmm. they're not necessarily there to look at a holistic the holistic self they're there to deliver IVF or IUI or ovulation induction so you and me we fit into the middle of that I feel like we're the gray area in between yeah living in gray that's what we want to <laughs> we want to be doing when at back back in the day when I was a contemporary dancer I wanted to make a piece and call it living in gray because <laughs> it was I thought it was very um artistic and I don't know I don't know but anyway but that's what we want to be doing we want to be that gray area <laughs> we do <laughs> I mean, if it was up to me, I'd say it would be yellow, but, you know, we'll go with <laughs> 50 shades of yellow. <laughs> we'll go with grey. Because we think that there is this, there is a place for educating yourself to understand 
all the different things that can impact your fertility. So this includes your menstrual cycle. It includes lifestyle activities that can impact. It in includes supplements. It includes sleep. It includes the importance of male factor. All of these things can really help give you an overall picture of things that might be impacting your ability to conceive. And we need to talk about this more. We need people to understand more and educate themselves more so that they feel more empowered to do something about it if they're concerned, to get better treatment, to get the right treatment and to get treatment as soon as possible. The worst thing I think we see a lot is that people turn to the Internet or family and friends for information and that's when what happens like a whole host of information overwhelm dr google dr google does not help i mean it can no. it, you know for some things it can but other things it can send you into a spin if you google fertility help it there's a thousand and one different things that come up yeah like so many different things and the more you look, the more you'll find contrasting information. And I think that can be when a lot of people start to feel very confused or very anxious about any action that they take or any lifestyle um, things that they're doing. So like things you're already doing as part of your lifestyle and then suddenly reading something and being like, oh my goodness, that means that's the thing why I'm not getting pregnant. And then something else will be like, oh, that's fine. It's like, it can just be such a tricky place to know where to turn to where to trust yeah. and getting information that is actually going to be reliable helpful um yeah. when yeah there can be lots of different um people offering their piece of information which i guess yeah. is what we're doing but we're hoping that this will be very practical helpful understandable and yeah like we're very aligned in what we believe so yeah and also we're doing it from a place of fertility awareness so yes katie do you want to talk about fertility awareness it's a good mm. good time good to time. segue is that a word or is that yes. a thing that you ride around on no yeah that's radio segue segue it in tell us about fertility awareness because it is a big thing that we talk about a lot Yes, um, you. We've probably mentioned it at least ten times already. If 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 it was a drinking game, this podcast, you'd be <laughs> drunk for the amount of times we would talk about fertility awareness. But fertility awareness is um, being able to observe your signs of fertility and understand what they mean. So the key kind of things that we talk about in terms of fertility awareness are observing your cervical mucus so when you're in the fertile part of your cycle is when you'll be producing cervical mucus or fluid discharge depending on what um term you want to use um also by measuring your basal body temperature so this is your temperature first thing in the morning that you can take and it tells us um or helps us to confirm when ovulation has happened as there is a rise in our body temperature after we've ovulated so when we see that your temperature has gone up and it stays up then we know yep ovulation's happened you can also use your cervical position to check um where you are within terms of like your fertile window the cervix changes how it feels and um how high or low in the vaginal canal it is throughout the cycle but that's 
not always a sign that people use because that does involve internally checking and not everyone is comfortable with doing that. Um, so they're kind of your three key signs. And then as well, your period is going to be a sign that you're going to be looking at in terms of how long your period is, how long it is from one to the next, how far away it is from when you ovulate, because that could be impacting your cycle. But being able to observe these things and understand what different things look like so different types of cervical mucus when your temperature goes up and knowing what those mean in relation to your fertility and understanding that will really help you if you are trying to conceive yes exactly because we know that when it comes to fertility there are a number of things that we need to happen to maximize your chances of success so you need a good menstrual cycle that's working well with good clear signs of ovulation so you need to be releasing an egg obviously every single cycle and then from the male factor side of things if you if you have a partner and you're getting pregnant that way then obviously we need good healthy sperm and the other big area is obviously the environment so the structural environment we need there to be a healthy endometrium a healthy uterus with which a egg can be fertilized, it can travel down the uh, fallopian tube and implantation can happen for that embryo. So there are three big areas that we look at when we are looking at somebody's fertility and looking at, you know, maximizing their fertility and making sure that everything is working as it can. And I will say, because I think this is a really important part of fertility education and understanding fertility, is that you know, we are given this myth that we talked about at the beginning, myself and Katie, about this idea that if you have sex, you get pregnant. Well, you know, that is not the actual fact, because actually there are only about five days each menstrual cycle with which you can get pregnant. And even if everything is right, so even if the sperm is OK, the eggs being released, you're having enough sex, the environment is is great. Sometimes people don't always get pregnant. And to be honest, people don't know why. There is a big part of fertility information and education that we still don't understand. And this is true for natural fertility and it is true for IVF or assisted conception because we see it all the time. There are parts of this phenomenon that happens, this biological process that happens that we don't understand. We don't understand for some people why they just don't get pregnant. And you can go, we, we see it all the time, people who try naturally, then they go for IVF, they try all kinds of different interventions. And I mean, they're not a lot of people, but for some reason, they just don't know why. And this idea of unexplained infertility is talked about a lot. Mm. And is there such a thing as unexplained, unexplained fertility? Or is it that there isn't enough science for us to explain why it is those that couple or that person is, is not getting pregnant? So it's important that you kind of understand and control what you can control. I think this is what we say a lot in clinic because there are a lot of things that we just don't understand and mm. we just don't know about, but we know very clearly that having a good menstrual cycle and knowing what a good menstrual cycle looks like and having a very clear idea about when you ovulate is one of the best ways to give a good foundation to your fertility and to increase your chances each month would you would you agree Katie have I uh, have I made sense with that yeah absolutely um I think yeah the fertility education is just so important and you understanding like as best you can 
to give you the best chances and yeah in terms of the like unexplained infertility I mean how like it's so frustrating and yeah I can absolutely I would put a lot of money on the fact it's down to a lack of research into um largely women's health but also like fertility as a whole and and the combined factors of yeah fertility and um that it's as important the sperm is healthy yeah (laughs) and this is a new big part of the world infertility that we're seeing a lot isn't it that Mm. there's more you know for a long time I think it was assumed that it was it was more female than male and now it it does feel like that is turning around and there's a a lot more understanding and appreciation that we need Mm. to be investigating men more and Mm. I guess you know whereas it's difficult for a man to know if there is a fertility issue unless there's an underlying health condition or something that's quite yeah, obvious yeah it's really hard to know but for a female I think for some people you can look at a menstrual cycle for example and you can make an assessment okay yeah. is there if their period is painful and heavy you mm-hmm. have to be wondering are there underlying conditions going on that could then be affecting their fertility and this mm-hmm. is why understanding your cycle is is amazing because it gives you clues that might help inform fertility information and fertility treatment and ways to approach your fertility that that can that can help you so yeah why we bang on about it so much yeah yeah definitely your menstrual cycle um is often referred to as like a fifth vital sign so we've got our other vital signs so like your heart rate your respiratory rate can't remember the other two but um <laughs> blood, 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 pressure, blood pressure is that one maybe don't know should know don't know off the top of it's like the five senses I always forget what one or two of them are when I'm like trying to reel them off which is terrible but I do and um but yeah your menstrual cycle is sometimes referred to as a like another vital sign because yeah. it can give us so many clues as to what is going on yes. in the body and I think something that's really important that I'm sure we'll talk about more at length throughout this podcast, but just because it's something you've always experienced doesn't mean it's like normal or um, optimal, perhaps. So like just because you're like, oh, well, my period's always been heavy and painful. So yeah, you kind of don't think of it as being a symptom anymore. Yeah. It it could be a real um, factor perhaps into why you're not able to conceive or just as to why you're not feeling great more of the time and um yeah yeah, it can be a real big clue as to what's going on yes and I've just just to do a little bit of um factual information and research facts yeah I always like a bit of research the there's actually been a study this year in um Canada into fertility awareness and fertility education and in the survey that they did the vast majority of women were not aware that the week before they ovulated was actually their most fertile time. So, you know, this this idea that we understand our fertility is, you know, that we're intelligent, informed people. Well, we are intelligent, mm. informed people, but not when it comes to fertility. And yeah. this is the majority of people that we see in clinics say, why didn't I know this information? Why mm. did I not realize that my fertile time was before? Why did I not know that cervical mucus was a sign that I was potentially um, fertile? And actually, all the studies show that people who do have an understanding of their menstrual cycle, who do track their cycle using fertile mucus, have an increased time 
to pregnancy. So they get pregnant quicker because they start off trying to conceive with a really clear notion of when they should be trying to have sex, Mm. when their fertile time is, that their cycle is working well. So the, the science really backs up the information that we're talking about. And I don't think it doesn't matter where you came from, what your educational background is, this stuff applies to everybody you know anybody who wants to try and get pregnant or wants to try and understand their their menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. you know we have not been given good enough information so it's not you know that some people have got it and some people went to some schools and they got it it's it's across the board it cuts everything doesn't it I think we see that all the time yeah all the time and yeah I can't tell you how many people when I've taken them through like the introductory fertility awareness session that I do and they're like how did I get to insert age and yeah. not, not know this and yeah. yeah you're completely right about it's not a case of like oh well like did you learn it at school or but like unless you're actively seeking out this information yeah and I say actively seeking out this information like you're probably just looking for like how to conceive but like unless you know to look and research what is cervical mucus like why would you why would you be googling that unless you (laughs) you knew what fertility yeah like exactly and I've worked worked with people who have gone to the doctors thinking that they had thrush or thinking that they had some kind of you know vaginal health issue and it and it was cervical mucus and you know they're yeah mortified when they find out and like don't be mortified no one ever no it's a sign you're really healthy yeah and don't be embarrassed by it yeah like I mean I um honestly I learned so much through doing my fertility awareness training that I was like oh so that's normal like (laughs) and like about like the when you get a dry patch of discharge in your knickers and being like is that is that normal it's like it's like yeah it is it's your vagina cleaning itself yes like (laughs) yes and and it's again you know about all those times that you know people put up with it it sort of goes back to the you know episodes of repeat thrush I've treated women who have had thrush for years like Mm. 10 plus years in their life and you think Mm. this is it's it's not good enough that this has not been addressed properly that we you know that a you know, for a long time, people, they haven't gone for um, help and support from a GP mm-hmm. because they didn't think it was necessary. B, that it's been dismissed and they've been given antibiotics or they've been given creams and then it's not cleared up and it comes back again. And, you mm. know, that cycle, it, it sort of all stems from that kind of place of not enough information or education that this doesn't have to be put up with, mm-hmm. that there are solutions to these issues, that understanding you know what is happening and how your body works can really help empower you to get the right solution yeah. and you know we've all been there where we're suffering from from things that we that should just should not be happening thrush is yeah. a re- thrush and bb are like my new like i'm i'm taking them on i'm taking them on head first because it does my head in. <laughs> i mean yeah we see it a lot don't yeah. we yeah a lot so We are going to end today with the notion or the suggestion that we encourage you to think about tracking your cycle. So if you're not already doing this, then we are massive, massive fans of tracking your menstrual cycle, not only for your health, but also for your emotional well-being and seeing how your cycle impacts your emotional health, your physical health, and all the different systems in your body. Because 
when you start tracking and when you start realizing the impact that hormones can have, it's quite astounding that you you suddenly like, oh, that's why. You ever have those days where you put on an outfit? I'd, for years and years and years, I was this was my number one question. Why can I put on an outfit one day and I'll go, yeah, that's all right. I like that. And then two weeks later, you're like, that is absolutely <laughs> hanging. How can I, how can I even leave the house with that? Do you know yeah. what I mean? For years. Yeah. And now I'm like, hmm, it's just hormones, you know. Yeah, it's probably yeah. that one was, I was viewing myself in front of the mirror when I was in the first half of my cycle and I had loads of estrogen. And yeah. the other was probably I was about two days before my period came and, and there was, would have been nothing that would have been right at that point in time. And yeah. so if you have noticed these changes, then it's highly likely that it's linked to your cycle and so yeah yeah if you're if you're trying to conceive if you're thinking about conceiving if you're getting ready or you are and you're not already doing it then track your cycle katie as a as a basic kind of premise what would you encourage people to track what what's kind of like the simple place that you'd go to yeah i mean the real i guess starting point for a lot of people is so day one of your cycle is when your period starts and that's when it starts in like full flow so not any kind of spotting so spotting when you get very light bleeding beforehand so we don't count that as the start of your period but when like you've got your full flow of blood coming through that is day one so starting like marking when that is and how heavy it is and then for how many days it's like that and then if and when it starts to taper off or if it's got a very clear end marking either of those things um so that's your real kind of like number one kind of starting point and then next thing we want you to kind of be looking out for really would be the um if you see any cervical fluid so this the best way to check it is just to get into the habit of getting some tissue paper and wiping across your vulva um ideally before and after you pee or poo just get into the habit of doing it all the time and just seeing if there's anything any kind of mucus like egg white type stuff or if there's creamy lotiony stuff on the paper that you could pick up and kind of stretch between your fingers a little bit and noting that down and then that's going to give you a real indicator as to if you're in that fertile window or not um you can do basal body temperature if you want to as well but i appreciate sometimes that can be a bit more advanced perhaps but that is a really good thing to do but um for a real starting point your period and cervical mucus are like your your two top kind of things and then any other symptoms you get throughout your cycle so um if you get any like tender breasts any like spotting before your period any mood changes pain levels like all of these things like don't think that the symptoms like too small to note perhaps like like we were saying earlier of just because you've always experienced it don't think that that's like kind of normal like for me um the thing that I was just like oh it's really normal to feel utterly awful for 10 days before your period no it is not yeah (laughs) um but I was so used to that that I was like oh it's fine it's like no 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 so just noting down any kind of yeah like emotional changes um physical changes cravings for food if that changes energy levels I mean you could really go into it if you want to but just start off with a couple of things and as you get used to tracking you can add more and more in 
Brilliant. And so in the notes on this, there should be a link to trackers. There are two trackers that we've got available. One is around symptoms, as Katie's just discussed, and the other one is around BBT, which we will go into in a, a later episode. Mm. But both charts are there. They're completely free if you want to download them. Uh, so let us know how you're getting on. If you've not tracked before or if you want any more information, you are very welcome to contact myself or Katie. We are always around mm, and do. we look forward to hearing from you. We hope you have found this helpful and enjoyable and we look forward to you joining us next week when we're going to be looking all about menstrual cycles. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. We'll see, see you ya. next week. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have learned something helpful about your reproductive health and your fertility. If you would like to find out more information, then please come and join us in our free community on Facebook. We have tons of resources, access to our webinars, we do live Q&As, and it's a chance to connect with other people who are trying to conceive. The link to register is in our show notes and we hope to see you there.